everybody, and welcome to the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David Majors, but you can call me DJM. Big, big thanks to Colton Solom from Manga Mavericks and the Manga Corner for joining me last episode. But my incomparable, irreplaceable, inimitable co-host, Count Jack Noir, is back. What is up, Jack? Good to have you again. It is so good to be back. Uh, and yes, thank you very much for last week, but I return because you cannot keep this shit down. You cannot. No, you cannot. And I know each and every member of the A Posse and every contributor to the Patreon and everybody else is happy that Jack is back. So while everybody else is talking about what's coming up in the spring season, Jack, uh, there actually were a couple of real newsy news stories uh, in the animus and the mangos. So I'm ready to just jump right in with this story that kind of went under the radar, but it came from Cinema Blend. Uh, Netflix uh, setting sights on the live-action adaptation of Death Note. Uh, <laughs> according to a report from The Wrap, filmmaker Adam Wingard is teaming up with Netflix to adapt the noted Death Note anime into a live action movie uh, on the western side of the world because we just can't get enough of those. Uh, the upcoming adaptation will star actor Nate Wolf, who Nat Wolf, excuse me, who recently made a name for himself in the indie film Paper Towns, as, <laughs> as well as actress Margaret Qualley. The report also indicated that Netflix intends to cast actor Keith Stanfield, I don't know who any of these people are, uh, in this project as well, but stipulates that an offer has not been extended for him to take place. Uh, Jack... Mm-hmm. Yet another live action adaptation. This was originally uh, taken on by Warner Brothers. However, uh, they took a long time to really get things going, and the director, Adam Wingard, opted to shop the movie elsewhere, and he ended up deciding to have a little Netflix and chill. And now Death Note is going to happen on Netflix. Mm hmm. And uh, boy, I've got some things to say. The first thing I'll say is um, there is one uh, live action American adaptation of a manga that I absolutely know for a fact. I haven't seen a whole lot of it, but I saw snippets of it when it actually uh, when I actually paid for HBO. Uh, They did an adaptation of Monster. And they Americanize the names and things like that, so you know. And I assume that Netflix is going to do that with this. However, uh, that one was very good. You might hear the fact that I said, however. This, okay. Uh, I have not seen Paper Towns. I refuse to see any more John Green than is necessary for my my quality of life, which is zero. Um, I was forced into watching The Fault in Our Stars. However, uh, yes, I, I fell asleep through it and uh, about, you know, halfway through the I am desperately upset that I am dying of cancer and woke up and it was end credits. And the person who was accompanying me said, hey, we're watching this again. What? <sighs> yep. I have a terrible did, amount did of you, friends. Did you at least get any Netflix and chill from it? Mm mm. Oh, come on. No. I mean, if if that's what you're going to, why would I bother? But I will say, I did see the CinemaSins video, plugging my favorite boys. I pay attention to y'all every time it's a Tuesday or a Thursday, the most depressing days of my week. CinemaSins did a video on Paper Towns. And from what I've seen of Nat Wolf's performance, he is not a good actor. Granted, he had to deal with John Green's words, and if any of you are familiar with John Green's work, Fault in Our Stars, Abundance of Catherine's, and Paper Towns, you'll know that that isn't necessarily that. That's like that's like giving uh, Picasso an eyelash brush or an eyeshadow brush. I can't. What's makeup? I don't know. Women, please enlighten me. Um, but no. So to an extent, it could be the fact that the words that he has been given to recite in Paper Towns were awful and terrible, as they are. But uh, I still don't have much high hopes for his performance if he uh, is supposed to be our character, our 
titular, not titular character, the character who receives the titular death note, Light Yagami. I don't have high hopes for him. I don't. Given that I he was, re- Yes. I really don't have hopes for this project at all, and I'm a little tired of large companies trying to capitalize on properties like this, because mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to sound too much like an old, angry otaku, but the success rate for these kinds of adaptations in the West is exactly zero. It mm-hmm. is exactly zero. And with something that was as popular and to a to a degree is still as popular as Death Note, this is going to be terrible yes. for the franchise and for its fans. A, a franchise like Dragon Ball uh, is as massive as it is to get an adaptation like this and for it to get a theatrical release. And Dragon Ball Evolution ended up being terrible. However... The Dragon Ball brand is so large and so indestructible that it was able to bounce back from that and is still doing as good as it ever did. Mm-hmm. You can't re- you can't really say the same thing about Death Note. Death Note was lightning in a bottle at a certain era in a certain time. I don't think I- that this current generation of people who might be interested in checking this out, which is a mixture of either new otaku who maybe have just been introduced to Death Note for the wrong reasons. I'm going to say there are wrong reasons for enjoying Death Note, and I know people who enjoy it for those wrong reasons. It's not just what hot the? guys. It what, is what reasons? complicated. What, re- what reasons? Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I could make another uh I could make another reference of another well it's not a Death Note's not modern, but I could make a reference to a modern uh body of work that I have also recently been exploring. Uh that is also a wrong reason to try and get into something, but I you know what? No, I'm gonna make it anyway. It's like the Spill people, it, Jack, spill it. It's like the people who are getting into Wander Over Yonder explicitly for the new villain, Lord Dominator. I, I'll just say it right now, you know, the character's not in enough of the episodes for it to be for you if that's your only reason. And Jack, if your only reason, Jack, yes, are you are you referring to people that are hardcore Misa Amane fans? I am talking about people who are hardcore Misa Amane fans, or people who are hardcore fans of the fact that yes, the art is decent, excellent, excellent, excellent art. But it's not the only thing. The, the, there's not just attractive people in this story. This is a story that is expansive. It crosses the psyches of several main and secondary characters. Uh, it questions morality on several different circumstances of, okay, what do you do if... Um, it, it, it's, it raises questions about death penalties. It raises questions about how far can you get the police involved? Uh, how far should investigations be taken? Can you take liberties with the law if you are on the side of justice? Really deep stuff. And honestly, I don't think that that can necessarily be... I mean, definitely in America, we have these questions. We do. But I don't think that the level of complicated... Um, Plots that have been juggled throughout this manga series can be adequately translated into this series at the time that we are at successfully. I mean, this is the same company that is trying to make Patrick Warburton Lemony Snicket in an upcoming series adaptation of a series of unfortunate events. There is one Lemony Snicket, yes. I just I just thought of something, and I'm going to throw this idea at you, and I'd love if anyone out there is listening uh, to let me know what you think of this idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you made a great point about the depth of Death Note, and I was thinking about how, as a series, it melded and bended genres. It was a crime investigation. It was a thriller. It was a murder mystery. It also mixed in a little bit of the supernatural. It did all of those things. And it made me think, that's a TV series. That right there is a Netflix original television series 
waiting to happen. But what this director is deciding to do is make it a film. Maybe, mm-hmm. Jack, and I want to throw this at you, what if Netflix were to greenlight this and were to make it, say, a binge-watch type of series of 12 to 15 episodes where they actually cover the scope of the Death Note franchise rather than trying to throw it all into one film. What would you say to that? I would still say Netflix is not the person to do it. The person. Haha. Company. I would still say that. I would stand by that because I am stubborn, I am angry, and I am, I am, I am uh, entitled to that when it comes to Netflix. Netflix, stop. That so you're, you're, you're not on the, the Netflix original series binge watch hype train? If, uh, if it were, I mean, I don't think HBO necessarily has the resources to do this now, but you know, if you had told me maybe in 2010 that HBO was going to kind of, you know, ride the success of, oh, we had adapted monster. Now let's adapt another dark, uh, manga that has all different kinds of questions about humanity and what we're willing to go to towards in order to uh, make the world a better place or a worse place, depending on who you are. Uh, Let's go into moral grayness and do things like that. I would say, yes, HBO, good job, but I don't think now, but hmm, who would I, who would I put in charge of this? Honestly, honestly, uh, you said Warner brothers. I think they could have done it. Uh, it was originally Warner Brothers uh, that the director pitched it to, and they they kind of hemmed and hawed on it. So the the director took it elsewhere, and it was Netflix that picked it up. And the reason why I thought of that idea of maybe it, if it were a series rather than a movie is that so many franchises and so many major brands, major companies have taken to Netflix and have said, okay, we're going to do Jessica Jones, like Marvel, for example, we're going to make, we're going to make this a one season series and we're going to see how it goes. And that blew up. Um, Another example, Daredevil, that blew up. Uh, And I say to myself, I'm not in favor of it necessarily, but I ask myself, I think I would probably be more open to the idea of a westernized live action Death Note if it were, and maybe not even Netflix, maybe Hulu, maybe Amazon Prime, maybe one of those cord cutting entities that is over the internet. Hulu? Hulu? I'd say say Hulu. yeah, for the for the for the uh, the biased uh, standpoint of they had Community season six. That's my only reason. It's a different type of content, different genre entirely. But they they could do they could do it. And I say Netflix because they've done things like Jessica Jones and House of Cards. So they they seem to have the foundation for series like this. So that's why I say if it were a series. I'd probably be be a bit more open to the idea of a Death Note live action, but just another film? No, this has Dragon Ball Evolution written all over it, and Netflix already has enough bad movies as it is. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Regardless of our standpoint on Netflix original series, I explicitly use net other people's Netflix to catch up on things that they've either told me about or that I've been meaning to check out myself, such as um, I think Colton has spoken about Your Lie in April uh, a, a couple of times, and I was told, oh, you should take a look at it because it's a little bit like Kids on the Slope, and I did so. But I don't know if you necessarily want to move on, David, but speaking of stealing other people's things... Do it, Jack. Do that segue. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, the Japanese government is currently considering copyright raw law revision. Raw copyright law revision. Excuse me, I'm not sorry. That's eliminate- at Jack D Tyler D on Twitter. <laughs> Do you like parties? Where you're in rock. The Japanese government is considering uh, copyright law, law revision, I did it again, to eliminate video sites with unauthorized anime and anime films. 
So on April 7th, the Japanese government established a policy to revise the copyright law in order to eliminate the so-called reach site, end quote, which collect links to illegally uploaded anime and films. So they're hoping to make it easier to arrest malicious site owners and forcibly shut down their sites and remove them from search engines. So uh, this is kind of a big thing because uh, there are only a handful of legal streaming sites where you can get anime legally. What do you think, David? I think that this is the first step in a direction that is long overdue in Japan. Japan and copyright law is all kinds of a hot mess. And I'm talking RuPaul, drag queen, ugly cry kinds of hot mess. (laughs) Japan... And copyright law essentially is the shrug ASCII when it comes to copyright law. Uh, And East Asia in general with copyright law and bootlegging, they're all very shrug ASCII about it. And I feel like this is something that is long overdue. Uh, this is something that Colton and I talked about uh, here uh, in, in the States, in the Western world. And I've always believed that if you make your content easily accessible and at a reasonable price, most people, by and large, will, pay, will be willing to pay for it. And I think that this is something that if the Japanese government does decide to do this, I would hope that... The Japanese media companies that want their anime to be consumed legally will make it more readily available for consumers in that part of the world. Uh, I think at this point right now, here in the States, we are very, very lucky that we no longer live in a world where fanlations and tape trading are not just the best ways to get anime, but maybe the only way to get anime and and any kind of foreign content from another part of the world. I really hope that this is Japan taking note and saying, oh, wow, the U.S. has this figured out pretty well. Let's see what we can do to make sure that, one, the people that are doing things illegally are prosecuted, as they should be, uh, unlike how it's always been in Japan. And two, let's make sure that this might boost our economy a little bit and help consumers, as they say, please support the official release. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jack, Mm -hmm. I I generally think this is a good thing. Yes, I agree, especially since... uh you're correct. When you make this stuff readily available, you can lower prices for people, you know, so there's less. Because the reason why, and I still work in retail, sadly, uh, the reason why prices are so high for a lot of things and that people complain is because there are a vast amount of people who would uh, rather use the five-finger discount. And that causes prices to rise, at least in that sort of thing. Uh, but I think also we're, it's important to remember that Uh, The animators, the animators have to start getting compensated for this. And if they can crack down on this, then they can start being, I don't know, at least somewhat more appreciated than they already are. Because heaven knows how many how many stories have we seen uh, in the last couple of years about hearing how little money animators in that part of the world are making? Pennies on the dollar, David. Pennies on the dollar. It's very upsetting. It's it's extremely upsetting, especially with how much is put, being put in now more than ever. And the idea that people are uploading that to the internet illegally, especially when it is easily accessible, especially in Japan uh, with the audience that it's made for. They have cable TV. They have DVR. They have a few legal streaming sites like NikoNiko and Daisuke.net. If it's... I guess at this point, I don't entirely understand piracy, especially for something like anime, especially in Japan. You're uploading anime illegally in japan that's like uploading an episode of game of thrones on h that airs on hbo 
even though, yeah, that's a premium service, that's a premium channel, I guess a better example would be uploading an episode of, I'm sorry for using this example, The Big Bang Theory. You're mm-hmm. uploading an episode of The Big Bang Theory onto the internet, which is available on CBS, which is a broadcast network, which is available for free to everyone with a television. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? It really doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, it, it it's ridiculous. And this I think that there is only good that can come from this. You know, it might get a little ridiculous because Japan has been known to take the ball and really just not just run with it, but, you know, tear it to shreds like a newborn puppy. But uh, I have a feeling that for now... We're we're gonna be a far, far, far long way from that. So, I think for now, for at least the next uh, decade, we should have, we should only have good things to say about this. I I hope, hope so. Um, Jack, uh, we mm-hmm. have good things to say about that, hopefully, but I'm more intrigued about what things you have to say uh, since you've been away. Uh, the Ace Attorney anime premiered. Mm-hmm. Jack, it, while you were gone. It did. It, it did. And you uh, are the biggest fan of Jakuten Saiban that I know. I'm, I'm especially curious in what you're thinking of this anime, and uh, I, I'm, I'm really ready to hear your, your hot take. All right. Well, hot takes. Hashtag hot takes. Um. Well, it was exactly what I expected and slightly dreaded from it, uh, which if you guys have been following me at Jack D. Tyler D., you've heard this song and dance before. So I'll keep it brief on that matter and just start with what I expected. It's another rehash of the first game. It's another rehash of Here Comes Winston Payne, Here Comes Phoenix Wright, it's his first case. There's Larry Butts waiting on the witness stand. And I think it's four o'clock. So yes, we've been here before. We've played the game. We watched the incredible live action movie. And we're here. And I am not saying that I am uh, and I'm, I'm upset. I'm just going to say... I've been here before. That that's that's what I'll have to say content-wise. Uh the first episode is all uh the first case with Larry Butts and I will not uh I will not spoil it for those of you who may this may be your uh first introduction into Ace Attorney. Uh and then aside from that there are um, there are not American names in the subtitles. Uh Colton, our good friend Sniper King, he had told me that there were Americanized names in the subtitles, but that is actually incorrect. Uh, I found out that Crunchyroll simply posted a uh, kind of a key for the Japanese names uh, and what their correspondence is in uh, the American release of the Ace Attorney games. So if you get confused, you have to go and look up this list of, okay, Ryuichin Yarohodo is Phoenix Wright. And I make this joke all the time, but I'm going to make it again. If they uh, dub this and they don't give them the localized names, then first of all, please get Spike Spencer for Phoenix Wright. But secondly, uh, Ryuichin Yarohodo, or Ryu as he's known as his nickname, uh, by most of the characters who would otherwise call him Nick in the uh, the North American release, will be the fourth Ryu. The fourth Ryu in Capcom history. I mean, he already is, but you know what I mean. He'll be the fourth mainstream Ryu. And, um, and so that's strangely little... enough, he, strangely enough, he also appeared in a Marvel vs. Capcom game. Shoryuken! Hey, hey Ryu, can I be on your team while we fight She-Hulk? Shoryuken! Uh, but uh, strangely enough, it works. It does. It's, I I actually uh, he's one of my main. I I use him. Oh, you main Phoenix. I main Phoenix, and oh, I also awesome. 
I, I started to use Deadpool, but, you know, I've seen too many of them online now since uh, the release of the movie. And I love the Deadpool movie, don't get me wrong, but I'm just getting tired of it. So I recently switched back to uh, my good friend, Wesk, my man. Oh, I love Wesker so much. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm that kind of person. I'll troll you with, with Phoenix Wright, and, and then you get Wesk Factor. I, I want to, I want to see someone out there write some kind of wacky Phoenix Wright fan fiction where he has to defend Albert Wesker. <laughs> My team is usually I, I like to have one character who's vastly different from the other two. So my team tends to be uh, Wesker, Morrigan and Phoenix, right? So it's just kind of a matter of I imagine Phoenix is looking between the two of them and going something tells me that I'm a little out of place here. I, I feel like Phoenix sees those two and it's like, whoo, I'm I'm really going to have a, a tough time defending these two. I mean, we've got one that's a succubus who's probably killed more than a couple of guys, and then this guy over here. Ooh. Mia, oh. if you're out there, help. Please. Well, it doesn't really help that uh, Morgan has kind of a similar hairstyle and uh, body type to Mia. Maybe it's her true form. <laughs> Write that fan fiction, people. Oh, dear. Morgan goes to law school. Oh, my. Well, there were uh, quite a few of her outfits in the original Darkstalkers when she had a wind pose that were pretty pretty similar to that. You know, she had her slacks and her uh, her fancy button up. Who knows? When I when I would play Marvel, uh, I could not help myself. And I would always put uh, Phoenix with She-Hulk and just one other character in any given time, and I would just call them the law firm. They were yes. the law firm. Yeah, and that's true, because I, She-Hulk is a lawyer. That's right. And I I loved those two together. That That's a fanfic waiting to happen. I feel like that would be a great kind of fanfic crime drama. Like mm-hmm. somebody that's really into Law & Order, but is also a giant weeaboo, could write yes. a Law & Order with Phoenix Wright and She-Hulk. I hope someone out there can can make that happen. Send it to me at just call me DJM, please. Uh, but Jack, <laughs> you know, going back, yes. going back yes. to Phoenix Wright. Uh, it's already one episode in, and you said that it covered the first the first case. Yes, I, I say it's a good thing that they got that out of the way fairly quickly. When you absolutely no, and here's something I will say. Here's the good about it. Um, before I get into what my suggestion was all these all these years ago when this first became an idea in my mind of I wish this would be an anime and at long last. But to begin with uh, the good, the good is this is what this anime should have been. And I'm glad for that. The format is excellent. You see nice, crisply animated expressions that are over the top, as is uh, par for the course when you play the games. Of, you know, Phoenix is nervously rubbing the back of his spiky, spiky head going, I, um, uh, can we all just kind of look together for the solution? Cue, uh, cue laughter in the stands as the judge looks onward disapprovingly. Uh, then they had some really interesting... Also, uh, d- does the judge have a localized name or, or is he just the judge? Uh, yeah, I really hope that... This is half a joke. I really hope that when they uh, localize this, he'll be Mr. Judge. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Oh, man. Now I'm just thinking of um, that. I, I I don't always watch Machinima, but when I do, I watch Bullshit Evolved. Cheat, 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 cheat. What do you think? That Jackson. that here comes the judge thing I did was a reference to uh, the old the old sketch comedy show from the sixties called Rowan and Martin's Laughing. Ask your parents or maybe even your grandparents. Oh my! But it was like it was it was the all that of the late sixties, and it was actually pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But no, um, if if you're interested in Ace Attorney, this is. A very good adaptation, you know, if you've been here before with the movie and the games, it's going to be a little tiresome. But 
the ad- uh, the animations are engaging enough. Phoenix riding a bike is adorable, just as I expected he would do is to ride a bike. And we finally get to see that in action. Uh, the characters all look good. They're on model. Very nice stuff. Uh, Mia, everybody's voices are excellent. And what they do, which I thought was really interesting, I wanted to bring up, is during witness testimony and then the final reveal of who done it, they, uh, they give you an actual animated sequence of the scene over a nicely orchestrated uh, variation of uh, the music from the games, which is always, always welcome. Reorchestration's welcome, and the, the cinematic was also welcome. And I'm just going to say this right now, shots fired, hashtag hot takes, at Jack D. Tyler D. This is what the Danganronpa anime should have been. <clears throat> uh jack I-, I have not caught up on the ace attorney anime yet but is the corner song anywhere in it yet oh yes uh as soon as we see um the the culprit it's there it's faint i think that they've got some kind of uh audio mixing issues perhaps because the music is very 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 quiet but it's there, and you can hear it if you listen for it, which I am certainly listening for because if there's one one of the top things I appreciate about my Ace Attorney, it's the music. Oh, yeah. Oh. That, the, the appreciation for the music in Ace Attorney is is universal. I will uh, say— One thing that is— Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, if any of you are interested in— um, music that should have belonged in the 3DS remake of the first three games, I'd suggest kind of taking a look at the soundtrack for Ace Attorney Dual Destinies, which was the first 3DS game. We have the sixth one that recently released in Japan. It's all over the tumblos. But for now, uh, you can get a nice full orchestrated version of various objection themes from the Dual Destinies soundtrack while we get hype for when inevitably... The, the soundtrack for this anime will be uploaded for public listening. Hooray, hooray. Hooray, hooray. Uh, we mentioned that the music for Ace Attorney, the, the love for that is universal. One thing that is not exactly universal is the mm. PlayStation Vita. And yeah. Jack, you are my resident expert on all things about this highly underrated handheld Mm -hmm. console i would almost go so far as to say that the vita is the sega dreamcast of handheld consoles (laughs) uh but you you found you found something else for for vita fans for the council of 12 i i did and um ladies and gentlemen uh you gotta take these recommendations with a grain of salt because i'm not playing them for the reasons that 90 percent of the people are i learned how to play tournament level skullgirls not for the sake of the flapping bazoombies, but just because I wanted to be able to go in uh, in this NorCal fighting game scene and go, hey guys, I'm going to call y'all out. Y'all only ever play Smash. I will beat your ass. And it happens. So there's that. Uh, with that in mind, I, su- I submit to the Council of Twelve uh, Maki Shin Trillion, or Trillion, God of Destruction. This game is by XNIS people. People from Nipponichi Software said, Hey, what if we take our Disgaea artist and we take the people who uh, have been making gameplay that is so addicting to the point where you'll look at a wallet oh, numbers? Yes. I just realized I have seen this game before. Yes. Like, I, I remember you mentioning it and then now just with you explaining it now it's like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'm it's definitely coming back to me now go ahead jack sorry no it's good it's good i love that kind of realization myself um i do believe i posted a picture on twitter of uh uh a, a key scene from the game of wife that's the kind of thing that leeches money from you through marriage yes just a just a key difference between waifus and wives for those of you not uh, not familiar with the distinction. But this game, you have to, like I said, you have to take it with a grain of salt, not just aside from the fact that it's um, pick your girl, but I will give it credit where credit is due. 
Um, the idea of the game is you are the overlord of hell. Sound familiar? Yes. Disgaea. Moving on. Uh, you're not a little boy this time, though. You're a gigantic uh, lion-maned fellow. But you die because you tried to defeat a thing that is undefeatable. The previous overlords of hell could only bind it and let it hibernate for a certain amount of time and it kills people it kills members of your family and you get angry and you try and strike it and when you do so you die so a gal uh named faust <laughs> very subtle very subtle imagery we have in this game she brings you back to life on the condition that you shall uh, bestow unto her your soul if you can defeat this monster trillion you Wait, Basically, wait, wait. Yes. So Faust is offering that if you can beat this monster, who you'll talk about in a second, mm-hmm. Faust will take your soul? Yes. Basically, you're given another chance at life to defeat oh. this monster that has wronged you and your family, who has uh, given you great dishonor, you see. Okay, then, so that's the wager. That's that's the wager. Okay. That is the wager. And uh, spoilers, you'll you'll lose that wager for your first try around. This game is uh, the closest that Japan has gotten to a roguelike, actually. It's very, very punishing. Basically, your character, the, the male character, uh, Zibalbos or whatever, I haven't actually been entirely certain how to pronounce his name because the voicing for the English, uh, you have the chance to either use the English voices or the Japanese, and given how a set amount of the characters look very young and small, I did not wish to endure the the pain that my ears would uh, face with Japanese. So, I adopted instead for English, and the English voicing is limited, but it's good. I believe you have Crispin Freeman as the character that you... uh, play as but he is actually not able to fight disappointingly as cool as his character design is instead he bestows a piece of his soul and his power to one of the six uh underlings that he has which are all either members of his family or people that he's met along the way and i will give credit where credit is due yes these girls are uh one note embodiments of seven deadly sins although you're the character for wrath as the man so there's only six but again i will give credit where credit is due there's only one lolly well there could be two if you consider one of them i'm guessing the lowly is lust right no actually the lolly is uh gluttony and she gorges on candy that works even better yeah, there's also a Rachel Alucard type for those of you who uh, enjoy Blaze Blue, uh, and she doesn't seem as she's not a lolly in terms of what I think. She's more of just a Lolita style character design. Um, and then the the character for uh, uh, Greed is extremely, extremely low cut under boob stuff. But I will get like I said, I will give credit where credit is due. The majority of these characters are your cousins and your nieces because uh, your brother had children, a couple of children. And again, you think that this would go in the way where you'd expect Japanese games to go, but no. Uh, For the most part, they're basically just interacting with you like family. There's a few times where they make a joke like, oh, but Ash Media, which is the character for lust said i was supposed to tell you that you can have dinner a bath or me and to that yes irritation but for the most part it's it's very it's very uh you're you're there as a family member and you're interacting in appropriate ways thank goodness um the gameplay of the game is actually very sparse for the most part uh it's basically the, uh, the fortification menus, if you've ever been to the council section in the Disgaea games, where you basically just uh, grind and uh, through an amount of enemies, and then you just kind of regulate your menus. It's that. And I can see where people wouldn't necessarily enjoy that. But uh, over time, 
I found it incredibly addicting. And it's really satisfying to see after crawling through these dungeons and then having about 20 minutes to allocate all these points that you've that you've uh, received. It feels so satisfying to go, wow, I'm really going to just kick this thing's ass. And then you go into battle and you get wasted because the only enemy that you really have to worry about is broken as hell. Uh but I will say there's not all hope is not all hope is lost. Even though death is permanent for each of the people that you will power up, they will carry over some of their power to the next person that you uh, that you play as. So it's like Rogue Legacy, if you remember the mechanics for that. Anybody, a very very good game. And uh, even if you defeat, even if all six of your candidates are defeated you can try again in a new game plus and basically have everything carry over again. So within a couple of playthroughs, you can win, but you're most likely, in fact, I would say inevitably going to lose in your first playthrough with all six of your characters. So it's just a matter of just do what you can that first playthrough. Uh, Avoid, if you know, ignore the flopping boobies. There's not too many, but there's maybe, you know... 10% 10% of the game can be attributed to, yes, Disgaea artists are extremely lewd. Let's just kind of move on because the game here can be very satisfying and fun if you're into something that you might not necessarily have experienced before. It's a very, very unique game, and I don't really regret it. Now, the hook of this game is uh, all of the marketing and everything you're reading for reviews of this is that you are fighting a boss with one trillion hit points. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, Jack. Tell us a little bit about the, the actual boss that you're, you're fighting. Okay. Trillion goes to sleep for a set amount of weeks, and that's when you have your, uh, your menu navigation, your allocation of your points. When the cycles end, they're called cycles, not weeks for some reason. Okay, NIS. Uh, trillion will awaken, and you have a, uh, a grid-like battlefield that you navigate. And the thing about this is it's not like your typical strategy RPG. Both, uh, all characters will take their turns at the same time. So if you step forward and you're in front of something that can attack you, and believe me, Trillion will send out a bunch of little guys to attack you and try and wear you down before you get to it, uh, they will attack you. So it, it's kind of a gimmick that I, nest, I, don't, I don't think was really thought through. It's it's pretty annoying, but, you know, you can work around it, so it's fine. But Trillion himself, itself, whatever, I think it might be an it, who knows. We'll ask it on its Tumblr page what its preferred pronouns are, hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trillion has armor all around its body, various forms that it can take when it goes to sleep, after devouring a certain amount of the overworld. Oh, and by the way, not only if you uh, kill off all of your candidates will you lose and it'll be game over, but if uh, Trillion eats uh, to the very end of the gates of hell, right where uh, the big castle that you are staying at as Overlord, if he makes it to that, you're, you're dead. Game over. The whole thing. Done. So there's that to worry about, too. Just there's so many things working against you. But as far as Trillion goes, you basically want to be able to uh, hit certain parts of his body together so you can maximize on your uh, attack, so you can break apart his armor. And uh, just just generally, it can be a really interesting chess game to, to plot in your head of, okay, I've never faced this before. This is kind of a game that I'm not necessarily familiar with. I've faced really overpowered bosses in Disgaea before, but this is different. This is one big guy, and you're not going to see that health bar go down until maybe several, several retreats, several more training sessions, and several, several special attacks with all of your might, maybe with some status buffing. It's a very, very grueling process. But if that's something that you might enjoy, 
the accomplishment is going to be so sweet. And I'm going to say it right now. I haven't gotten there. I'm about halfway through my first run, and I can already see that I'm going to die. I'm I'm already at that point of, you know what? I had hope. I always have hope until the very last. I believe in the heart of the cards. This isn't something I'm going to win. I might as well pay attention to every last one of those reviews and just take it. Just take it. This uh, this embodiment of envy is just gonna die, and there's nothing I can do about it. Areva Durchi. But as they say, why do you fall down? Because you can get back up. So eventually, you'll figure it out, and hopefully, you guys will figure out Trillion too. Uh, and you guys can talk to Jack about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jack, let's just jump from a giant, uh, inconquerable monster. To the weirdness of Anna Twitter, to a completely different kind of monster all its own. Oh yes. Uh, this this thing uh, with this English teacher, Ellen Baker. Uh, Ellen Baker, the the character from the children's book uh, that is based on uh, Ellen Baker herself is an English teacher from Boston, living in Japan. She's she's living the weeaboo dream, as it were. Uh, and this character has taken on a, a life of its own now that it has caught on with the rest of the internet. Uh, the the infatuation that social media has with Ellen Baker uh, has been rather uh, one part fascinating, one part a little creepy. But yes, uh, looking at Ellen Baker, if you've seen the news articles from Crunchyroll or wherever, if you've seen it on Twitter, she is essentially a exactly how Japanese animators and Japanese people see young blonde American women. She she is she is blonde. She's cheery. She has green eyes, and she is drawn to be very pretty. She and she likes the she, Red Sox too. She oh. she is a Boston native. <laughs> she to, uh, she does enjoy the Boston Red Sox. She's a baseball fan. To quote and, uh, the JoJo Bizarre Adventure, "Take a drink, a posse." Uh, oh, Zasabersabor. <laughs> Which works even better in Japan, given how it, it's a sport over there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, of course social media being what it is uh, and rule 34 being what it is has taken this in a rather strange direction uh there is fan art i have not seen any fan art that is particularly lewd as the kids like to call it uh but i worry i'm very very worried because now I saw a couple of days ago that uh, the actual at Ellen Baker Twitter account uh, retweeted a story that in the next children's book that the writer is creating, Ellen Baker will be fired. And they posted a statement saying that while we appreciate the popularity of the character and we hope that this uh, helps kids in Japan become excited about learning English... Y'all are getting weird again. Mm-hmm. So stop it or we're taking her away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, I will say that I'm very much on the side that Ellen Baker should be kept above the fray, above the muck. And she should be a beacon of hope and light for us all. And I hope it stays that way. Uh, what do you think? I I completely agree. Ellen is a really nice little character design. I think she's adorable. Um, honestly, honestly, this is why we can't have nice things, Internet. You take it in a weird direction. I'm not mad. I'm just parentally disappointed. I'm just kind of looking at this broken window and the baseball bat and the baseball and going, hmm, yep, you sure did that. Congratulations. How do you feel? What did you learn? Um, I really hope that uh, people can kind of wake up from this. I don't think it's necessarily going to happen. I would like to have that optimism. Much of the optimism when fighting Trillion. Hmm. Uh, 
I would really hope that people would kind of rise above their baser instincts, maybe keep that more to themselves. If you absolutely must draw uh, lewd stuff of Ellen Baker, keep it to yourself. Because honestly, David, I haven't seen any of that stuff either. I've seen mostly just cutesy pictures of uh, Ellen in Red Sox garb. Uh, maybe she's interacting with other characters. There have been some great photoshops of that stuff already. Have you seen any of that? Uh, not particularly. Uh, I did see one where it was uh, a woman who was uh, on Twitter and she drew something herself because she actually did go to Japan and taught English for a while. And it was a drawing of her and Ellen uh, kind of hanging out and saying, hey, it's going to be all right. Yes. And that made me happy. And mm-hmm. I hope things stay that way. I really hope that the fan art for Ellen stays relatively innocent because this is such an innocent character. And mm-hmm. I want it to stay. I really want it to stay that way. She is the, she is the epitome of being a pure waifu, one might say. She is very pure. She is, as uh, as the kiddos like to say on the Tumblr, which I tend to frequent, uh, precious cinnamon roll, too good for this world. Too good for this world. Uh, she, she is, and I, I really feel like she might be, and I'm worried. Now, I, I follow the at Ellen Baker Twitter account uh, on my other Twitter account that I'm not going to tell everyone about. Uh, because it's where I, I talk nothing but anime. Uh, so mm-hmm. you, you can you can be relieved that is mostly out of the DJM Twitter feed. Uh, I, I follow it, and sh- at Ellen Baker uh, occasionally tweets uh, English lessons and words of motivation and positivity, and she will occasionally retweet fan art. And this is all just so wonderfully sweet and i never want this to stop because holla get dollar important there is i learned (laughs) important (laughs) lesson and i i just want it to stay this way because i feel like this is what this fandom needs it needs something that is truly pure and incorruptible that is needed this is almost a, uh, a challenge to present to the internet of, hey, internet, listen to us, uh, listen to us C-listers for a second here. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe DJM's a C plus, maybe, maybe even a B, who knows. But uh, listen to this little C-lister for a second. Uh, Count Jack Noir is throwing down the gauntlet. Internet, I dare you. I double dare you to stop making porn, to keep something pure, to make one of the rules of the internet just just to not go away, but to make it uh, not applicable to this. Just give it a try, because if enough of us get to this point where we can stop this, and that uh, this porn can at least not exist on uh, readily accessible uh pages on the webs we've broken the internet's rule of uh rule 34 as it were see if you can do it let the chaos flow through your veins do it do it and internet if we can break rule 34 i guarantee we'll all feel a lot better about ourselves so i'm starting the hashtag now it's going to be hashtag keep ellen pure now just off the top of my head i don't know entirely great i feel about a woman with blonde hair and blue eyes and and the concept of staying pure that's a little weird but um, I think that in the case of Ellen Baker, uh, I think that it, it needs to stay that way. This is a thing that needs to that needs to stay innocent, and hopefully, we'll all enjoy it. 
She's very cute. If there's one thing I can say about this character, it's that she's a hell of a lot better of a teacher than that idiot in Lucky Star, who is also a baseballs fan, the the fan of the balls and the sports. Uh, boy, that was poorly worded. Keep Ellen pure, damn it! Don't do what Keep I just did. Ellen pure, everybody. I uh, I have a feeling that before I get into the rest of my plans this evening, I'm gonna quickly. Uh, whip something out for the sake of this movement let us please keep ellen pure ellen sensei will have so many good things to say about her students if you can keep you can uh keep that stuff bottled up and help her help her have job security and you can give her a follow at ellen baker follow ellen sensei uh, pay attention to her lessons, and she will stay with us to teach us English forever and ever and ever. Yatta. And Jack, mm-hmm. it, it has been a pleasure to continue doing another episode of the anime podcast of some sort. Yes. Uh, what have you got going on since you were out on assignment last week? What have you got going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, as uh, as y'all knew, I was out last week. I was uh, in Santa Rosa uh, applying for an internship that would be amazing because stagecraft is a beautiful, incredible thing. And aside from that, we've been uh, getting preparations for a showcase before the college semester is over that I've been a part of. And I am doing everything I can as VP of this theater uh, department to make sure that we get that stuff filmed. And uh, lo and behold, it it never goes away. It returns once more. I am actually performing a monologue from Gravity Falls. Somehow, uh, my horrible, horrible taste in everything happened to uh, break through. And that is now going to be something you see on stage. And uh, since it's a free thing, a free venue, uh, we're not, hopefully not going to get any flack for it. And I would almost hope that maybe we can catch the attention of um, Mr. Mr. Hirsch. That'd be really cool. But as it stands, we're trying to get that uh, squared away and filmed. That happens first thing in May, May 2nd. And if that ends up being a thing, I'm going to be posting it everywhere. You know where I might post that is places such as at Jack D. Tyler D. might have some links there, such as some some cool stuff that I tend to like, some reaction pictures. Boy, I've got a vast pool of those now. Or uh, I might have it on uh, mechanicalsymphonies.tumblr.com, and I've been posting are, some stuff are you gonna for tr- the cosplays. Are you going to try and get it on, on YouTube or anything so people everywhere can see it? Oh, boy. On uh, on. The YouTube channel, eh? No, no, no. I wasn't even thinking about that. I wasn't oh, even dear. going to mention that. I was just talking about, you know, if if it's something to be seen, let's let's get it out there. Let's get the world to see it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so if that happens, I I have a, a kind of a crew that decided we're gonna try and make a making of the showcase while we're doing it. So they've been getting a, a hold of people, taking pictures. Uh, writing down names and interviewing them about what they're going to be doing for showcase. So uh, I'll be talking with them about how the format will be for that. And we can get that onto YouTube as well. And um, I, I will do what I can to make it uh, palatable and some nice yummy little bits. We'll try and get it as a whole onto YouTube and then maybe get some choice segments on there. So then you can watch your favorite thing and not have to scroll through an hour long video, but that's what has been going on, and it's really cool. I'm waiting on dozens and dozens of phone calls for other things, and uh, stuff's looking up. Stuff is looking up, David. I might be out of the retail game in a few weeks. Yay! Yay! I'm always happy when I hear one of my friends, and I have a lot of them, that finally get to get out of retail. That really makes me happy. <laughs> uh Guys, patreon.com slash Delta Juliet Mike. It's all good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the anime podcast of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am at just call me DJM. Jack is at Jack D. Tyler D. 
Uh, and you can check out all of this in iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Please subscribe. Give us five stars. You don't need to write a review. Nobody really reads those. But yeah, check it out wherever podcasts can be subscribed to. The anime podcast of some sort is there. Search for it by name or by my name. And until next time, thanks yep. for listening. I'm not too good with the English, but Ellen Sensei taught me to say yatta. Yeah,